I'm blessed. You know, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm glad Chicago gave me an opportunity, whatever way I can contribute. I don't think the game's Welcome into Triple Zero's The Anti-Hot Take Sports Show. I am your host, Josh Buckhalter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, on X, at Josh G. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports. The website is clockersports.com, and the email address is contact at clockersports.com. And, of course, you can follow the show and the site uh, at 30 Pod. That's the number 30 Pod uh, and Clocker Sports on X and Instagram uh, and Facebook as well. So a uh, great show lined up for you this week. We have uh, a lot to talk about. Uh, went to the Bears locker room today and, and spoke with a couple of players, heard from a couple of guys. We'll have uh, some of those clips will be on the Twitter feed, on the Clocker Sports Twitter feed. Again, follow the site at Clocker Sports. Uh, also, like, share, rate, review. Uh, if you do like what you hear, if you enjoy the podcast, please uh, help us grow. Um, follow, subscribe to the channel if you're not already. Uh, tell a friend, tell two friends, tell those two friends, tell two more friends, and then we'll have a million people at, at no, in no time at all. Um, like I said, though, we got a great show lined up for you. Uh, a couple of sound bites to hear from uh, in the Bears locker room. We'll hear from new Bears wide receiver Colin Johnson, uh, as well as safety Elijah Hicks, who's been the backup, or he is a backup, but he's been filling in for uh, Eddie Jackson over the past few weeks while Jackson's been recovering from injury. So we'll hear from both of those guys in a little bit. Uh, but recapping today's practice, we'll start there uh, and get into some uh, NFL news. <laughs> So the Bears did wrap up practice, and again, if you follow uh, the site Clocker Sports uh, at Clocker Sports on X, then you have uh, you heard my report today. Uh, the Bears had a lengthy injury list, uh, but the good news is that three key guys are on their way back in uh, Jalen Johnson, uh, Eddie Jackson, and in uh, Kyler Gordon, who was on injured reserve with a broken hand. Uh, so uh, all three of those guys coming back is a great, great, great sign. They were limited today, but that's much more than they were doing last week. So uh, good to see them uh, trending in the right direction. Uh, Trending in the wrong direction was Cole Komet, who uh, popped up with the hamstring injury today. So we'll see uh, how that goes. They have a few extra days this week as opposed to last week. Obviously, last week they played on Thursday night. So it is a little bit concerning to see him have the extra days off and still come back with the hamstring. But again, today was the first day. Uh, We'll see what else they do uh, going forward. They did have Tevin Jenkins back out there after he returned last week uh, during the game. So that was good to have. Um, The running back situation was was bleak, man. (laughs) You did have... uh, Deontay Foreman out there. You had new sign, new, newly signed Darrington Evans out there. I guess re-signed, newly re-signed Darrington Evans. Uh, you also had Robert Burns out there, but no Roshan Johnson, uh, no Khalil Herbert as they were tending to a concussion, well, in concussion protocol and dealing with an ankle injury, respectively. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Bears uh, go about, you know, leaning on the run game, which is something that they, we know that they want to do, especially to set up their play-action passing. Uh, without Herbert out there, um, we'll see if Johnson can, can – clear protocol in time to get back on the field. Uh, Foreman is very capable. It's not really Foreman that you worry about. It's it's after that. Um, Travis Homer's been on deck. He's been injured, banged up most of the time. If he's, I don't even know if he practiced. I got to check the uh, recheck the injury report. Um, he hasn't helped much on offense at all, though, so that, that wouldn't be something to count on. Uh, and then you have uh, Evans, who's a, a more of a shiftier type of back, so you know, Burns is a is a is a combo back, fullback, uh, running back. Uh, Kari Blast game carry the ball some, so they can manufacture the tech, or I'm sorry, manufacture a committee uh, behind Foreman. But it's 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 iffy at best. We we'll, we'll, we just have to call it what it is. Um, Tevin Jenkins, though, um, if you didn't get a chance to check the, the Twitter uh, 
the Twitter page out, the X page out. It's, it sounds weird saying X. Am I the only one still doing? I know it's like you know the the Facebook Meta thing, but I cannot get over calling Twitter Twitter. It can't be X. That's just too short. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, we associate X with other things. Anyway, um, so. I'm just I, I, I I'm excited about the the guys getting healthier, the team getting healthier because uh, I think one of the underlying under underreported I guess underrepresented underappreciated storylines of the early early going was how banged up they actually were um, without Tevin Jenkins, without or losing Kyler Gordon after Week One, uh, not having that offensive line healthy for much of the season up until last week, and even then we're still missing left tack, left tackle Braxton Jones. Um, preseason was much of the same, so it's kind of a continuation of that, where that uncertainty around what this group really was was there because you just didn't get to see all the parts together. And now the offense is starting to click. Uh, DJ Moore uh, had the one the what's the NFC offensive player of the week. I will have that up on the uh, Clocker Sports X account. I, I got it right that time on the Clocker Sports X account. Uh, sometime after recording this pod, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday evening here. So watching the uh, the Phillies just take it to the Braves 10 to two right now in the, uh, what is this? Where are we at here? Uh, it's, it's tied one, one in the series. It's the bottom of the eighth. So, um, Another home run, they're just lighting them up. So it's been it's been bad for the for the the Atlanta baseball team. Anyway, back to football, back to the Bears. Uh, they take on the Minnesota Vikings this week. Both teams are one and four. And in my in my practice report, post practice report, I noted that this was kind of similar to uh, what they faced with the Broncos, where it's two teams coming in with the same record, both looking to avoid falling below the other one uh, for their own reasons, not necessarily in competition with each other, but this one obviously is. Uh, the Vikings are a division opponent, so uh, uh, added emphasis there. But they're there. The Vikings are teetering on the on the brink of a rebuild. It sounds like with Justin Jefferson now on injury reserve, the Bears catch a break on that. Uh, wrote about how they caught a, a bit of a stray uh, with, with the announcement of of Jefferson's. I guess not his intent, but the Vikings intent to place Jefferson on injury reserve. Check that out on Clocker Sports as well. Um, yeah, so the Bears catch a break there, dodge a bolt there, but. This is going to be a hunger team. It's going to be a team that, that likes to fight. Kirk Cousins, as Matty Rufus alluded to today, is has been effective for a long time, especially against the Blitz. He gets the ball out quickly. Um, that's a double-edged sword, right? Uh, Cousins, while he reacts quickly to the, to the Blitz, does not always react the right way to the Blitz. And, you know, maybe that's what Iberfus was getting to. He never he never said that. Um, this is my, that was that part is my own add in there. I don't need that circulating around like, Matt Iberfus said, no, 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 no. So Kirk Cousins is good against the Blitz, but again, he does not always make the right decisions. So we'll, it'll be a fine balance. And Iberflus talked about that. It's it's the timing, it's the technique, it's the disguising, and all those types of things um, that determine how effective you can actually be against somebody like Cousins, who is effective when you send extra rushers. The Bears got what was it five sacks last week? Um, they they needed it. You know, they needed to see that happen because uh, they'd been close a lot. And so um, I actually asked Justin Fields after or after practice today uh, what. The feeling was in the locker room. Was there a sense of maybe, you know, relief after they had gotten that win and their offense is now finally rolling? The defense got some some stuff. And he said, no, you know, there's, there's no sense of relief. A, and it's not because they, they're, they're you know, upset or anything about what happened. It's they believe in what they've been doing anyway, you know. And I, I think I've, I've tried to sidebar. I think I've tried to uh, convey that throughout this entire turmoil. Why everybody's screaming fire? I've been trying to say, well, you know, the fire's on the outside and we can all see the smoke. But on the inside... You know, they're the dog meme. They're chilling. This is fine. You know, they're doing their thing. And so um, this these results were not surprising to them. Um, so it's not surprising to me to hear that response from him. 
Let me put it that way. Bam. I think that was nice. That, that kind of racked up nicely, didn't it? Um, he did say, you know, it's about them maintaining that consistency now, though. They got to prove that this is not a fluke. You know, they've played two downtrodden teams. Their schedule doesn't really get tough right now for the next couple of weeks, so they can actually come out of this pretty pretty, uh, pretty clean and looking good. Uh, but they will get face some tougher competition. Starting this week, you know, the, the Vikings, while they're, they're downtrodden, like I said, they do do a lot of things well, a lot of things that could, you know, mess with the Bears. The blitzing uh, of Brian Flores, defensive coordinator Brian Flores, uh, could be problematic for an offensive offensive line again that's still missing uh Braxton Jones so Tevin Jenks is still rotating at guard maybe he might be full-time we don't know yet he's done that before so he was comfortable talking about uh about how you know he could just get in, into the he said he would how did, he phrased it that because he knows he's only gonna play about half the time he can go double hard you know when he's out there on the field so that's that's a good mentality to have but you know we'd like to see him back at uh, full full snaps there so hopefully that's what happens this weekend the Bears are getting healthier. There's no way around it. While teams around them are, are starting to show cracks, again, the Vikings are dealing with injuries and uncertainty. They might trade Kirk Cousins. I don't even know how that's feasible. I think they might have a massive cap hit if they try to do that. I know his contract is up after this year, though, so that's how you avoid I guess I, I, I'm not, you know, I don't claim to be a capologist. I'll tell you that much right now. I, I can follow, you know, the, the, the dotted lines painting the numbers when I'm, when I'm trying to create a deal or whatever when I'm writing. But uh, knowing it off the top of my head and remember the machinations and all those, I'm not good at that. that put that out there right now. Put that out there right now. Uh, so, um, and then you got the us one division. The, the Lions look like the team to beat. That that's just what it is. David Montgomery is running as well as he ever has. Looks looks explosive. Um, he's always run tough. He's always run physical. He's always had the ability to make something out of nothing. Uh, but he looks explosive and and it's adding to his physicality because before you know it, he's he's up in your pads and take, taking you five yards down the field. You know, picking up a first down, moving chains. So uh, hats off to David Montgomery for for delivering, you know, betting on himself, taking the, you know, taking the walk and, and going up the road and be on the lookout. That's going to be the Bears really first tough, tough game. They have the face of the New Orleans Saints on the road, too, and that could be a, a tricky one. Uh, they have a winning record. I think they're, they're they're one of they're the only team that might be maybe two. One of two teams without a losing record. Uh, I know that in the next like four or five weeks. So uh, Bears have a, a very you know gettable stretch. They can get themselves back into this, build some confidence before things get tough again. Uh, that Lions game, though, be ready because David Montgomery's already let you know he's got you circled on the calendar. Um, he about to line y'all up, man. <laughs> he's about to line y'all up, and we've seen this running this this run defense uh, get gashed at times. So hopefully we don't see that. I think it's week eleven; those two teams face off. So hopefully uh, by then the Bears will have be fully rolling and everything will be uh, a okay. Now went to the locker room today and got to speak with a couple of players. Uh, I wrote about uh, new addition Colin Johnson, six foot six wide receiver. Um, Coming from the Giants, so the draft pick of the Jaguars, been out for about a year. Uh, missed a lot of the last season as he was dealing with a uh, ACL, torn ACL, and he's recovering. So talked about that with him and a couple of other things. Uh, here is New Bears wide receiver Colin Johnson uh, talking to me again, like I said, about his injury and what he hopes to bring to the uh, to the franchise. Colin Johnson, uh, you were having a promising camp before your injury struck in last time around. What are you looking to prove uh, this time around? And just take advantage of my opportunities, you know. Um, I'm really just grow as a player, like personally. Um, I'm just all about being the best you can be, controlling what you can control, you know, keep it simple. But I'm blessed, you know, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm glad Chicago gave me an opportunity, whatever way I can contribute. Special team, scout team, playing in the game, whatever they need me, I'm already ready for this. What would you say uh, 
uh, what, how would you describe yourself? Summarize yourself as a player. As a player? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm smart. Uh, my football IQ, you know, is up there. Obviously, along with the, with the size, you know, you got the jump balls and, um, you know, deep balls, bridge zone mismatches, uh, stuff like that. But I just feel like I'm smart. I can come in, learn to play both, play different positions. Um, in terms of my skill set, I can go in and just learn how to use my body and create space and get open and make plays. So I would say between the two of those, those are probably my biggest assets. And there you have uh, New Bears wide receiver Colin Johnson. Now he is on the practice squad, but the six foot six pass catcher uh, could fill an immediate void. Uh, the Bears traded away wide receiver Chase Claypool to the Miami Dolphins last week, and Equinemia St. Brown came out of Sunday's win or Thursday's win, excuse me, uh, with a hamstring injury of his own. So um, he did not practice today as well, or was he limited? He was he was dinged up at the very best. He was limited. I got again. I got to check that injury report. Let me get that right up real quick. We'll be talking about stuff here. Uh, so that's something that you know you got to keep an eye on. Uh, if Johnson necessarily, he said himself. He can learn the playbook uh, quickly, which is, I think, an underrated skill set because and I call it a skill set because we saw last year how the the uh, Bears wide receivers who had uh, access to the playbook the entire season actually struggled throughout the season to pick it up. And then even into this year, we've had some issues uh, with guys not necessarily running uh, the right route. So um, that's that's nothing to sneeze at, scoff at him saying, you know, that he's he feels like he could learn the playbook uh, relatively quickly. And again, there's no guarantees. Uh, he's going to be down the pecking order even if he does get active on game day. Uh, but he could fill an immediate role for this team as somebody who is a bigger body on a team full of smaller, quicker guys, which is fine. But, you know, you need some size sometimes down the field, especially for a quarterback uh, like Justin Fields who can uh, tend to have his accuracy come and go. At time. But he's been, he's been diamond it. So let me not act like, it, you know, like he's been doing anything uh, bad lately. But I'm just saying, a bigger pass catcher. That's what the idea was for trading for Claypool. That's the hope that you're going to get when, when St. Brown's back healthy. And maybe you get some of that with with uh, with Johnson. It's a worthwhile flyer. It's a camp and, you know, training or not training camp. I'm, my mind is on basketball side, kind of. Anyway, it's a practice squad deal. Low risk, um, medium to high reward even because you just don't know what you're going to get from somebody. Again, bigger body out there on the perimeter uh, for fields to throw to in, in, uh, if, the, if the situation calls for it. Now, let me get you that full report because I don't want to keep you out here with half-assed information. Here's the full list of the injury report today. Kyler Gordon was limited with the hand. Khalil Herbert, DNP. Travis Homer, DNP with that hamstring. Um, Eddie Jackson was limited with the foot. Cole Komet, hamstring limited. Uh, Doug Kramer was activated off of the uh, the injury reserve. And I want to speak with him. I, I, I barely missed talking to him today. I'm going to talk to him uh, hopefully tomorrow in the locker room and, and just ask him, what does it mean to him to be able to stick around uh, through all of the injuries? You know, he has not gotten a lot of tick, and it's not often that teams keep guys, uh, and I, I think he's a draft pick of theirs, but it's not often they keep guys in the back of the end of the roster, um, especially with all the injuries that they've had, uh, and and through all of this. So, want to talk to him and see what that's kind of like to have that kind of faith. We do know the Bears are, they don't really have a lot of offensive linemen in the pipeline, right? Their young guys are playing more than, well, except for maybe Jatire Carter, right? Larry Borm is playing right now. He's a backup too, but like that's not this regime's guy, uh, Carter, or I'm sorry, Borm. So, Kramer is, is not, nobody to just dismiss, and I would love to just get his thoughts on uh, being able to kind of uh, rehab with the team uh, and not have some of the uncertainty that comes with that. You know, if you're a young, unproven player in this league, oftentimes those guys just get lost in the wash. So um, interesting to me that they, he's been he's stuck around through all this, and they've kept him around through all this. Again, they've had no issues getting rid of players that you might have thought would be key contributors. They've had no problems with that. So um, definitely want to hear uh, what he has to say about that. Also, Jalen Johnson, hamstring limited. Lucas Patrick, DMP, concussion. That's something to keep an eye on because, again, uh, he 
was the starting center with uh, Cody Whitehurst starting a guard with Jenkins uh, rotating in. Now, if Jenkins is fully a go, that means you could probably put Whitehair back to center and you don't have to worry about uh, Lucas Patrick. But again, you want to be healthy because concussions, A, are nothing to play with, and B, because he... He brings some toughness to that offensive line. Now, they, there are some tough guys. They got some nasty streaks on the on the on the offensive line, but there's a different attitude with the Lucas Patrick than I think some of the other guys along the offensive front. So, um, you definitely would hope to see that he gets back in there. If nothing else, to be somebody that can uh, kind of light a fire under guys. Uh, Roshan Johnson DNP concussion. Terrell Smith was limited as well. He's been playing a little bit. He played a lot better. Not better. He played a lot in the last game and did well. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on as well because, again, the Bears are very thin in that secondary. Uh, and then you got Equinemius St. Brown DMP with that hamstring. So that's the full report. Um, again, there was a lot of moving parts. It's the first first report of the week. I wouldn't put too much stock into it because those things tend to evolve as the week goes on. Uh, and so I'll, I'll try to update that. Again, follow the, the uh, website handle at, on X at Clocker Sports, again, that is at Clocker Sports. And then I often retweet stuff on three zeros pod one too, but just, you know, go right to the source at Clocker Sports. Uh, and also follow me at Josh G. Buck. Um, also, again, like I said, I also spoke with uh with safety Elijah Hicks, who started the last three games in place of Eddie Jackson, uh, and just kind of got his, you know, feel for his mindset. That's been one of my favorite things, just kind of see where everybody's head has been at throughout this entire uh up and down you know, season, you know, they had expectations and I actually asked him that directly about, you know, the the difference between dealing with it last year and how he's just noticed this year and how they've kind of made their way through it, if they've made their way through it uh, and things of that nature. So um, again, Bears backup safety, Elijah Hicks. However, he has been a starter over the last few weeks as Eddie Jackson has been uh, nursing his injury. So here's what he had to say uh, today after the, after practice in the locker room. Some starts over the past few weeks, man. What, uh, what things do you think you've gained uh, from just being able to be out there early and often? I just say what you got reps, you get more experience, you get more comfortable playing with the guys. Um, and then you got film to look at what you were doing in previous games and improving those. And there's just more opportunities to make plays and stuff. So. How have you kind of uh, leaned on Eddie throughout this process to try to find him? A lot. Eddie, even Jaquan, the coaches, John, who just got like everybody kind of just feed off of each other. We got good room with the guys and always trying to. was the biggest, I guess, change for last week compared to the before for you guys? Um, really, we just, we finished. Um, you know, we had games where we had started off strong, uh, but, you know, we didn't let go. We didn't let, uh, we didn't let So, uh, that was the message, and we felt good to, to finish. And so, now we figured out how to win and keep that energy. Um, we just look forward to you know, keeping that what has the experience been like? I know last year you guys were kind of doing a teardown thing. This year you guys came in with expectations. They have not been met just yet, but you guys have a long way to go. What has that kind of been like for you, just kind of that up and down? Really, we just come in here every week and do the same thing. We work, we pay attention to the details, execute the game plan, um, trusting each other, continue to build our relationship with one another, and then go out there and play hard. And so, um, really, it wasn't really anything different we did. It was just, you know, it finally coming together and um, and there you have Bear Safety Elijah Hicks talking about uh, you heard him. You heard it from him directly. It's, they didn't do anything different. Nothing has really changed. It's just the, the, the results are coming now from their efforts throughout the week. Um, 
again, there are going to be some people who call them delusional. There are going to be some. There, there are going to be some people who point to you know the results weren't working before that. Whatever this, it was a schedule. Whatever. I applaud their approach throughout all of this. Um, even Claypool's. Listen, man, I am not one of the people who felt like Claypool was necessarily in the wrong for what he said. Nor do I feel like it was an outburst as it was painted to be. He said he was. He spoke his honest truth. We always claim that we want players to be honest, uh, but this is why they don't, and it's it's partially because of how their comments can be represented in the media, and it's also because of how it can backfire on them within the the team. He spoke honestly, and he was penalized for it. Now, you could say, and they have said, that it was other things that led up to that, but that was clearly the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, Ray Charles could see that one. So, I mean, we don't we don't have to, 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 you know, debate over whether or not Claypool should have said what he said. I feel like uh, just the approach to everybody was positive the entire time. And I've, I've maintained that. I've said that there's, there's been no difference from them. The biggest difference was after the loss of the Broncos. That was the one that you could feel that it got to them, right? They were down. They were angry after the loss to the Packers, right? They were, they, they, I'm sure they felt some type of way about the Chiefs and the Bucks losses as well. They were down after the Broncos loss, okay? So to see them come back, and hear how they're speaking now. This is not a surprise. None of it is surprising, and and it's it should be powerful for the course for them. If they can, if they have this kind of resolve in what they're doing, man, it's going to be tough to break it. And I think that's one of the the key principle, foundational pieces, things uh, that you want to implement if you are trying to rebuild your program. You have to have that kind of a foundation where you believe so much in what you're doing. Nothing is knocking you off that track. Well, now we'll see if they are proven to be right in believing in those things. But I'm just saying that resolve is something to applaud, period, point blank, period. So moving on to the rest of the league real quick. Um, tight end Travis Kelsey has been all over the news, man, in the past couple of days. And most of it has not been about football. We already know about the stuff about Taylor Swift over the past few weeks. Uh, he also got into a quote unquote vax war with Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers with Rodgers saying that it's not a vax war, bro, and uh, inviting Kelsey to to debate him uh, on either his podcast, Kelsey's podcast, or on the Pat McAfee show because Rogers apparently commandeers McAfee show whenever he needs to get something off his chest, uh, especially something vaccine related. So um, yeah, that was interesting. But then Kelsey's also dealing uh, with this knee injury, and he he's expecting to go on Thursday night against the Broncos. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. Again. The, the Bronc or the, the Chiefs are not necessarily thin at wide receiver, but they're very unproven at wide receiver. And I don't know. I don't know if they have the top end talent uh, to make up for any sort of significant loss of Kelsey, because uh, that's just the the start, the, the straw that stirs the drink or maybe not, because I guess Mahomes is the star is the straw. What is Kelsey? The ice? He's something. He's critical. He's the glass. OK, he's the glass because uh, he keeps it all together when everything else is falling apart and Mahomes can't stir anything else. He could definitely find that wall. That's Kelsey. He could find he could find the, the glass right there. Um, so keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on the on the debate thing with with Rodgers too, because Kelsey tried to kind of play it down and say he was he was fine with it. And Rodgers, then Rodgers brought in like political figures and everything. And it got a little bit weirder because it was already weird, but it got weirder because call somebody Mr. Pfizer strange. Like, I mean, I. We do know who owns the New York Jets, right? I, no, okay. I just you know want to put that out there. Um, I mean, that's not even mine. I saw that. So like, if, if if it's just floating out there, I'm sure it's come across your desk at one point or another. Just to, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> elsewhere in the league, man, you got you got guys getting injured. Um, the Miami Dolphins lost breakout rookie Devin Devon. I, I'm unsure how to say his name, so please forgive me. I don't know if it's Devin or Devon. A-Chain, okay? Texas A&M. Uh, um, 
and, and he's not supposed to be out for the season, but he's going to be on injured reserve. That's a that's a tough blow. It's I, I spoke about this uh, earlier. I think I brought it to the podcast, but the lack of a preseason, I think, is having an adverse effect. And I don't have any numbers to back this up. This is completely anecdotal and completely from somebody who watches a lot of preseason games and, and football in general. Maybe I missed it. That's po- that's perfectly possible and, and maybe even likely uh, to some extent. But it just seems like it's having an adverse effect because not only are guys not necessarily getting healthier, right? We're still seeing injuries, catastrophic injuries, uh, season-ending injuries. Haven't heard too many career stuff yet. We'll, uh, have not, I got to check back in, I believe, on the uh, – uh, it's not the Titans. Uh, Panthers offensive lineman that, that seemed to have uh, passed out uh, during their, uh, week, their game last week. So uh, keep an eye on that. But it seems like the injuries aren't going away. And so to kind of, you know, sacrifice that preseason game and, and, and then you're getting bad football on top of it. I feel like that's just the, the payoff was not there. Again, I don't have any numbers to back any of this up. I feel like there's been some anecdotes about, you know, you've seen coaches talk about the performance issue. I don't know if we've seen anybody talk necessarily as much about the injury aspect of it all. But we know that they're constantly trying to protect against injuries, even talking about taking away kickoffs and that kind of thing. So I just wanted I wonder, you know, it just doesn't seem like it because it seems like guys are still getting hurt. Um, but now you just get bad football to start the year too. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh switching gears. The Atlanta Hawks and uh got a, a win in their their first preseason game. Scores don't matter, results don't really matter, but I bring that up to say this the energy around the Hawks is different. Uh, they entered last season with expectations. They made the blockbuster trade for DeJounte Murray, and they're expected to kind of, you know, return to their Eastern Conference final glory days of just a couple of seasons ago. Did not go that way. They were the definition of mediocre, like almost in every single aspect for most of the year. And so this year, they're flying under the radar. You got some pissivity from players because they're, they're being disrespected and, and they're ranked low and things of that nature. And I like that. I like that for teams like this, teams that aren't necessarily built to be the juggernaut, kind of need to have that aspect, that point of view, not the why not us aspect. I don't I'm not necessarily a fan of that one, because that kind of feels like you, you plan on backing your way into it. You kind of you hope you luck out and there's, there's luck involved in everything, in every single championship run, all that. But there's a different kind of confidence from this Hawks team. Maybe as opposed to years past when they were trying to figure things out, this one feels like they're going to figure it out. One way or another, they'll figure it out. We're going to figure it out. And they have confidence in what they're doing, have confidence in the voice giving them the information, and they have confidence in the, the things that are being done around them. It sounds like. Who knows? Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm very, very much uh, intrigued by the Hawks this season as somebody who covers them on a daily basis. Right. I have just I could it sounds different. It feels different. We'll see if the results are ultimately different. But there is a different level of, again, confidence coming from this group um, in year two of the the, the, the John Trey backcourt. The first full year of Quinn Snyder at head, at head coach. Right. Landry Fields and Kyle Corver running the, the front office together. We'll see what comes of it. But I like what they're doing so far. The Chicago Bulls. Uh, listen, man, they got a dub too. Um, I, I, I am not low on the bulls. I am not high on the bulls. I'm just on the bulls. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the let's run it back, you know, line of thinking. I understand it. I totally get it. There's no sense in in necessarily uh, bottoming out. If you're not going to get what you want to get out of it. Um, you can't control your own fate completely. You have other, I get all that. 
But I think this is where you see why teams are hesitant to go, quote unquote, all in, especially those that aren't necessarily built to go all in. The Bulls might not be built to, to go all in in that fashion, at least. Um, they're not a team that's going to go out and spend exorbitantly before they see the results. Typically, that means you have to home grow the kind of talent that it takes to win at a high level. We have not seen that from the Bulls just yet. There's a lot of questions about their current core of young guys, right? Between the Patrick Williamses, the Dale and Terry's, the Kobe Whites, the Ayala Sumus, that's pretty much it. Then you got some projects in the Adama Sadogo or Justin Lewis, right? Terry probably falls more into the latter category than does in the former because he has not really shown you anything consistently in his little over a season with the Bulls. So I, I am I'm not in on the Bulls, I'm not out on the Bulls, not up, not down, I'm just on the Bulls. They're there, um, I'm I, I'm okay with it, right? I don't know if there's any way that they're going to necessarily shock me, because one thing that I have noticed is they've made, they, I, I applaud the, the uh, additions of Javon Carter, of Torrey Craig, but those are additions that probably would have helped you more last year, when you were trying to build off of your 2021-2022 run to the first round where you lost in five games to the Milwaukee Bucks. Now you're coming in having, having missed a postseason, seeing a few teams ahead of you make some monster moves. Now, you weren't going to catch the Milwaukee's and the Boston's for the seeding probably anyway now. Say what you want about what they did with Lonzo there. Lonzo not there. He's not coming back this year more than likely, so we're not going to talk about that. What we're going to talk about is what this team has done since then. And they've been mediocre to below average since then. They've had flashes, but they have not sustained it. If they can sustain it, then I will gladly be here, and I hope I'm wrong. But what I'm saying is I just don't see them. Uh, I'm sorry. They got the, they, got, they lost their opener uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks, 105-102. I, I knew that was wrong. I tried to look it up. I was looking up on the low. Um, I'm just – I just – there's – they try to talk about what they've done and how they're trying to change their shot profile and saying that, the, you know, well, you can't do the same things because that's like the definition of insanity. You're still bringing back the same players for the most part. And what we've learned, and at least what I've seen over the years, is – especially with older players, they are what they are trying to change. That is not going to make it happen. Not going to make it. So just because you want them to develop in certain ways. So I hope they're right, man. I hope they're right. But I'm, I'm just not as, um, their confidence is different to me. Their confidence seems almost like the, why not us kind of confidence. Like they haven't seen it either. And they're, you can, the players are talking about, they got to start producing. Um, I think they can feel that kind of pressure. They'll, they'll deny it to the, till the end. That's fine. Uh, but it's there. They know Vucevic said it. Zach said they got to start producing. They know it. We'll see if it actually comes to fruition. The Los Angeles Lakers have played two preseason games. And their second one, they finally got LeBron James healthy. And, and interestingly, they decided to start Torian Prince. But they did not even consider, because he did not dress, uh, playing Jared Vanderbilt. Now, what do you draw from that? Not much until you get everybody active. Now you could say, well, he was chosen to be DNP, but Darvin Ham has, has been open about, you know, he's going to tinker with some stuff as has Quinn Snyder, because he did not start Deandre Hunter or Bogdan Bogdanovich, but he said that they would be uh, ready to go for Thursday's matchup. So just keep that under your hat. Uh, back to the Lakers. Ham has been said that he's going to tinker around with them. He wants to have a set starting five. So we'll figure out, you know, as this goes on, what that will actually be. Um, but three point shooting, Right, they're still playing good defense, and you still have a lot. You have now have a lot more guys. You have even more guys that can uh, create offense. Per you know, according to LeBron James, that's what he had to say about it. So wrote about that for Heavy on Lakers. Go ahead and check that out. It's an exciting time if you're a Lakers fan. If you want to see this team get back to uh, doing the things that will help them, not only you know compete with the Denver Nuggets this time around, but maybe even possibly get a game or two, and maybe even advance if everything goes their way. 
they were not a healthy team, right? It's hard to imagine they'll be even healthier with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Maybe if they can manage some of their minutes better because they have better depth now uh, during the regular season, maybe that'll help them get some more out of them. It's really about the playoff time. Um, and those two did what they had to do in the playoffs. So someone else is going to have to step up even further than what they showed uh, in a promising but still a, a playoff run that fell short last season. That's the Rui Hachimura's, the Austin Reeves, the Angelo Russells. Those guys are going to have to show, and maybe even just Rui and Austin Reeves because we kind of know what, what D'Angelo Russell is at this, at this point. Uh, but those guys got to kind of take another step up uh, when the Lakers get to the postseason because as we saw, man, it only gets harder the, the further the further along you go. It doesn't get any easier. Um, and I think that, you know, they did a good job getting some additional depth. That should help them preserve some of their, you know, bodies throughout the season. I'm not sure how much their ceiling has been raised. And that, to me, would be the biggest concern. Now, they've, they've been lauded left and right for their moves. Again, I think their floor has been substantially raised. I don't know if you see them even think about contending for, you know, the, the playing spot like they had to deal with last year. But <laughs> in a tough, tough Western Conference, you know, our, our Gabe Benson and, 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 uh, and Jackson Hayes, right? Are these guys going to camera? Are these guys going to be difference makers? I'm not sure about that. Gabe Benson can play very well, and he's a guy that, that hit some big shots for, for Miami. I think he also tailed off towards the end of the, uh, the playoffs as well. With his efficiency. So, like, these are just, these, there are questions. As, as promising as their offseason was, there are still questions about this group. And so, um, yeah, man, I just, I'm, I'm excited about it. There, this, was, this was two games for the Lakers, but one game for the Bulls and the Hawks. Um, they'll be back at it uh, in the next couple of days here. I'm ready for the season to start, man. I, I, the preseason was cool, but when guys sit out and, you, you know, it's done for the day, that's just like it is in the regular season. You don't really want to watch that part. So <laughs> I'm hoping, um, it, you know, the, the preseason goes by quickly enough uh, we can get into the regular season and get into some real games. Um, again, excited about all three teams, though, man. I, I really am. I'm excited for the NBA to be back. Saw that uh, Chet and Wimby game. Oh, my gosh. Two aliens on the court together. Like, the, the league is in great, great hands, if for no other reason uh, than the quote-unquote sideshow angle, because these are two ginormous individuals, right? Especially Wimbanyama, the way, the fluidity with which he moves. And you've heard about it. You've been seeing it all summer long since before that when he was over in, in France. Seeing it on the NBA court with other NBA players is a different vibe. There's just a different feel to it because, again, you get a, a greater appreciation for just how nimble he There was a, a dig Shared by, I want to say, uh, Kevin Chenard of, of Hawks.com. And I'm not sure if that's right. If not, I apologize. But I, I'm pretty sure that's who, who tweeted, retweeted, reposted. Gosh, that's, that's going to be hard to get rid of. Um, reposted the video of Wimbanyama doing a dig on a, on a driving, I want to say guard. He was not close to start. But he reached out and extended that seven foot three, seven foot four frame and just slapped the ground from across the court, damn near it looked like it just it was an insane visual to even wrap your head around because he's so big, but he moves so it's like water. He moves like water. And then Chet. Man, Chet is so Chet is is an has an unassuming visual. He's still big, right? But you don't think of it he looks bigger than when he came in the league. You don't think about somebody who could uh maybe handle himself. I don't want to say he manhandles anybody, but he's he's more physical than you probably would imagine. He can handle himself well and that that skill and versatility is still there. I think people forgot about it because he was hurt all last year. And then you had Wimbanyama come in and steal a lot of the thunder. No pun intended. Uh, but but Chet has a very good shot, if not the, to be the front runner, uh, to win the the uh, Rookie of the Year award this year, in my opinion. So just a couple of things that have been inter interesting. And we'll dig into some more, uh, uh, you know, 
broad news on the NFL and the NBA. Uh, maybe in next week's show, unless something uh, big pops up. But you know, it was it was a great couple of games, couple of nights for the Lakers again, uh, game for the Bulls and the Hawks. But just so excited to have the sports back like this. This is the time, right? You got hockey going on, baseball playoffs are going on, like I just said, college football, right? You got NBA basketball coming back, NCAA will be back soon enough college football it's great this is a great time if you are a sports fan and i hope that you will uh make it a, a appointment or make it a point to uh enjoy these this time and the rest of the sports seasons with me here at clocker sports uh at triple zeros podcast three zeros pod on twitter on x dang it i almost got out clean <laughs> three zeros pod on x and instagram uh, clocker sports on x and instagram and at josh G. buck on x and, on x and instagram uh you can uh, hit up the show on facebook as well same uh addies and then of course course the email is contact at clockersports.com read the stuff as well man again clock sports uh heavy on bulls heavy on lakers soaring down south last road on sports and of course again one more time for the people in the back clockersports.com and until the very next time really we just we finished